1 Peter 2.11, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. There's always... A walk that is going inside us. There's always a war between what we desire and what God desires. And what we desire is not always in alignment with what God desires. And our desire is mostly influenced by our needs, is mostly influenced by our wants, is mostly influenced by what makes me feel good right now. Right? That's what we are driven by. And that is not a healthy way of living. And that is not a healthy way of following Jesus. If we are called to follow Jesus, it's not about how we feel right now. And it's not about, can, can I get something to feel, help me feel good? Then that's not the right way of living or following Jesus. I know many people go to like, you know, they, they listen to worship songs and all kinds of, and, and I, I don't feel so good. I, I want some worship songs to make me feel good. And that's a, not a right approach to worship. The right approach to worship is that I don't feel good, but out of it, I want to feel the presence of God in me and through me. And I want to walk into the throne room of God. So I don't want to receive worship. I want to give worship. Amen. In the midst of all things that we go through, if we can find the presence of God deep within us, if we can find God within us to say, God, help me and help my soul to connect with you more every day. The question is, what tortures our soul? Sometimes we are restless. Sometimes we feel heavy. But sometimes we feel tortured. We feel tortured. It's not, it's not just restlessness. It's not just a heaviness. It's a consistent torture in our soul where we are constantly pulled down. What is torturing our soul? There are some elements that gives us, that disturbs our peace, right? Some things you think about that just disturbs your peace. There are some things that you think about in your mind that just brings a heavy heart. But then there are some things when you think about, it doesn't leave you. You're reminded of things that you have done and, it, it, and you feel tortured in your soul. What tortures your soul? Number one, we are tortured by the things 
we have done. That's what we are tortured by. We are tortured by the things that we have done. Psalm 38 verse 3 and 4, it says, My bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden and too heavy to bear. Basically, the psalmist is saying, I just feel no life because the guilt inside me is too much to bear. It's too much to bear. We are tortured by what we have done. Sins of the past. Sins. No, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about shortcomings, some serious stuff that has gone in the past and you're still tortured by the guilt. You're driven by the guilt and the guilt overwhelms you every day. It's a burden that is just too heavy to bear. As much as you know that God has forgiven you, as much as you know God's grace is there for you, you're still overwhelmed by the guilt. Because the enemy keeps reminding you of what you have done. No matter how much you try to get close to God, he keeps saying to you, I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. I know what you have done. This is not who you are. No matter how much you sing, God won't hear you. No matter how much you pray, God is not going to listen to your prayers. No matter how much you ask for forgiveness, I know what you have done. And this is constant in our mind and constant in our mind. So much so that you are putting yourself through a torture and driven by guilt. And your heart is too heavy to bear this. The second thing we are tortured in our soul is by the lies that we believe. John 8, 44 and 45, it says, The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Basically, whenever the devil talks, he just talks lies. Right? It's like us speaking our language. It's like us saying, I, 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 I speak English. I speak Tamil. I speak Malayalam. I speak French. I speak Hindi. The devil says, I speak lies. That's his language. That's the, that's the national language of hell. That's, that's basically what they thrive on. So whenever the devil opens his mouth, the language that he speaks through is lies. And when you constantly allow the voice of the enemy to influence you, your mind and your heart and your soul, we are constantly tortured by it. And we start believing it. Whatever that he tries to do and say is contradictory to the word of God and how God sees you. But he tries to abstain you. And many times, here is, the, here is the interesting part. Here is the interesting part. He can talk lies through the word of God. 
Oh, I feel God is saying this to me. No, it's not, it's not God. That's the devil. When I used to work as an assistant pastor in, in, in a Ghanaian church, and uh, there, was a, there was a really lovely brother, and, um, and every time he was part of the worship team, and, and we would have a time for rehearsals, and, and every single time he'd be, he'd be late, you know, he'd be late for the practice. And, uh, and we will, and, and I'll pull him up and ask, brother, brother, what happened? You know, I've been asking you to come on time. You know, it's been so many weeks that I'm noticing that, that you're constantly late. Is everything okay? And then he goes, oh, my pastor, the devil is a liar. I said, oh, okay. What happened? I set my alarm. But the devil made me snooze. I thought it was, I had an hour on the clock. I thought I can, I can sleep for another 10 minutes. Oh, pastor, the devil is a liar. He got me sleeping for another 45 minutes. I just looked at him. I don't know who to believe now. <laughs> should I rebuke the devil or should I rebuke him? You know, many times, many times, we keep saying these kind of things. Devil is a liar. He speaks a lot of stuff against us. He makes us believe things as if it is God. In fact, he could use others to speak into your life as if it's a revelation and a truth. But whatever revelation and truth, new stuff that you find out, if you can go back to God's word and check if it's there or not. If it's not there, that was not a revelation. It's a revelation of lies, not the truth. There are too many revelations going around uh, TV and YouTube these days. Check. Check. You can be trapped through preachers into a lie by the devil. You can be trapped in your own heart Believing that the devil is saying, believing that God is saying something, but he can use God's word to manipulate you and misinterpret you. The whole situation, you can take one verse that you could take and apply for your situation when there's totally God has said something in a different context and he makes you use that in a, way, in a different context and we convince ourselves saying it's God. You don't believe me? He did that with Jesus. He asked him to stand on the temple and on the very top and he asked him to jump from it. And then he starts quoting because it says in your word that God will not allow your foot to stumble and he will send his angels to carry you. Let me tell you something. If you think you're smarter than the devil and that he can't tempt you, he tried with Jesus. If he can try with Jesus, he can definitely try with you and I. We need to be careful. We need to be discerning. We need to have a spirit that knows what is God and what is not God. And there are so many lies. 
that we are believing in our head and we are allowing ourselves to be tortured. This is what we are going to do. There are four things that we are going to tell our soul today. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you're going to talk to your soul today. If you're watching online, type it in the chat. I'm going to talk to my soul today. Go ahead and type it in the chat. If you're watching with somebody, you can turn to the person next to them and tell them, you are going to talk to your soul today. And this is what we're going to say. And I want you guys to write this down. Four things. Please write this down. Tell your soul. Number one, it's better to confess than to hide. It is better to confess to God than to hide from Him. Proverbs 28 verse 13, it says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. If you keep sinning and if you're going to keep that within you, and if you're not, and, and you keep asking God, Lord, do something in my life, change me. It, the first thing we got to do is confess your sins to the Lord. But, you know, he already knows it. He already knows it. Should I really say it? Yeah. It's important we tell him. It's, the it's like the time when you get caught. You know, when you were when you were when you were a child and you've done something really, really mischievous, and, and, and you know your parents know it, especially mothers, they know that you know, and you know that she knows, and she gives you that look, and with that look, every single cell in your body does not say that you're happy, right? It says you are in trouble and you're singing the song. Every single cell in my body is in trouble and I'm going home and I know I'm in trouble. And you know you're in trouble and your mother knows exactly what you've done. But still she wants to hear it. That's the worst part, right? Ma, you know, you know, you know, right? She still wants to hear it. The reason being that when you say it out loud, you are speaking the truth out of your heart of what you have done, but not who you are. When you speak what you have done out of your mouth and you confess, the confession helps you to realize, yes, this is what I have done, but that is not who I am. That's not who I am. Papa, I did this. I'm sorry. And God says, I've forgiven you. Don't do it again because that's not who you are. That's not who you are. And it's important we do that. Unconfessed sins is like a poison in our soul. And one day, you will have to vomit it out. It'll have to come out. You know, whenever you get food poisoning, it somehow projects itself out. It can't stay inside. If it doesn't come outside, then we have problem. The moment 
it's out, you're fine. And it's the same way in, with our soul is that when we give it to God, when we, when we pour it out to God, we receive peace, we receive forgiveness, we receive the grace of God. And then we don't have to stand in guilt, but we experience grace. What is it that you're hiding? Because while you're hiding, you can't heal. When you're hiding, you can't experience grace. All you can feel is guilt. It's better to confess your sins than to hide it. Confess it to God. Confess it to God. That's the first thing we're going to tell our soul. The second thing we need to tell our soul is that we confess to God for forgiveness of sin. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what 1 John 1, 9 says. <coughs> we don't just confess to God. That would help us, you know, the job done and make us feel like, you know, okay, it's done. But you confess in a manner that you experience God's forgiveness. That you allow the grace of God to move in our life. You allow time, you allow God to speak into you. Sometimes we confess and then we move on, but we don't wait for God to speak into us. And the grace of God to fill us. And forgiveness is something that God has for all of us. Number three, tell your soul to confess to people for healing from sins. It's important that we confess our sins. It's important that we confess to God. And sometimes it's also important we confess to people. And when I say people, it's important you confess to the people who are in authority over your life. Don't go around confessing on Facebook. Don't go around confessing on your, on your WhatsApp status and Twitter status. Everybody has enough confessions going on in their own lives. That's not confession. You have people, you know, your family, your father, your mother. You got pastors in your life or mentors over your life or leaders over your life. People who are in authority over your life that you are accountable to. People who see for who you are and not what you have done. That's the important part. Mature Christians, people who will see you for who you are and not for what you have done. And it's important you confess to them and you pray with that person that will help you to stay accountable in the areas of your life where you feel weak. Where you feel like you might lose control. Where you feel like you might fall back into that same sin. James 5.16 it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe you did something against somebody. And maybe... It's time they know it's you. And maybe it's time you tell them and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you hurt somebody intentionally or unintentionally, but that does not matter. You speak up, you tell, and you confess, and you ask for forgiveness. Tell your soul 
that Christ will set you free. Because the greatest lie of the enemy is that there is no freedom for you, is what he says all the time. You can think you are free, but you are not free. I have got you. You, you know, I know who you are. I know who you are. The reason he keeps saying, I know who you are, is because he identifies you with the sins you have committed. But Jesus says, I know who you are. I know who you are. Because he does not identify you with the sins that you have committed. Rather, he identifies you through his righteousness. So when God says, I know who you are, he's rather saying, you're my child. You're my son. And I see you through my righteousness. When the devil says, I know who you are, and every time he says, I know who you are, and you hear that voice in your head, I know who you are, and you remember what you have done, then the guilt comes back. And that means that's the voice of the enemy. Every time you're remembering the guilt, that's the voice of the enemy. Every time you remember the faithfulness of God, that's the voice of God. When God says, I know who you are, you don't remember the guilt, you remember the grace of God over your life. You remember the grace of God over your life. What are you remembering today? 1 Corinthians 10.13 It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up and stand under the grace of God. God always gives you a way out. Even when you feel you're totally cornered, even when you feel that you're totally crushed, God gives you a way out. So stand up. Get back up. Don't be lying on the guilt bed for long. Because that's not what God wants for your life. And that's not how God sees you. You are not who you are and what you have done. You are who you are and how God sees you as who you are. And that's the most important part. 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25, it says... He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. Isn't that amazing? He's our shepherd. And he's the overseer of our soul. Our soul. He himself bore our sins. You know, we sang that beautiful song, Christ alone, cornerstone. He is our cornerstone. He is our root. He is our everything. He is our solid ground. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are set free. We are dead to sin and we are alive to his righteousness. 
So you no longer have to go astray. You can live under the grace of God. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve.